Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. If we haven't met or you're unfamiliar with this podcast, hi, I'm Amy Lynch and I've been bringing my kids into business settings since becoming a parent in 2016 and becoming an accidental activist along the way. This podcast contains a mixture of solo and interview guests mini episodes focused on all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. Season 4 is rolling out and has been sponsored by the Startup Community Empowerment Fund, which is presented by Startup Canada, MasterCard, UPS, and BDC. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review online. It helps other parents find the podcast. Liam Martin is an entrepreneur and parent of one kid. He is co-founder and CMO of Time Doctor and Staff.com, as well as co-organizer of the Running Remote Conference. He is an avid proponent of remote work and has grown his company to people working from over 40 different countries without an in-person office. And he recently released his first book, Running Remote. Our conversation is split into three parts. In the second mini episode, we talk about the differences between working from home and remote work, asynchronous management, and identifying future remote work trends. Let's get into it. So you did mention your running remote conference. And from what I could see, the last one that you did before Montreal that was in person was in Bali in 2019. In terms of, I don't know if that one was completely hybrid as well, was it? Uh, No, that one was completely in person. Yeah, a lot of people kind of dig at me because it's like, oh, the name of the conference is running remote. Yeah, the irony. Actually, yeah. (laughs) But the reality is that remote work is not work from home. I love that the media is using this terminology, work from home. To me, work from home is... I'm stuck in my house. There's a scary virus outside that may or may not kill me. I've got to deal with, you know, my kids, my my wife, my husband, my dog, uh, sitting at a couch or at a kitchen table trying to get some work done. Remote work is a lot more all-encompassing than that. You can work from home. You can work in an office. You can work from a co-working space. You can work from a coffee shop. You can work from a beach. I highly suggest you don't work from the beach, however. <laughs> Not practical. Uh, I did that once and I ended up getting a lot of sand in my laptop and it cost me like 500 bucks to fix it. So don't do that. But in the glare of the sun, the sunscreen is hard to wipe off your monitor. But I, absolutely. But when you say like work from home and the, the scary parts of it are like having to do it, it's also lack of working from third spaces, like you've said. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yes. mean that you're wanting to be antisocial. Absolutely not. I mean, so there is some interesting demographic data to be able to come out of successful remote employees employees. Uh, And the biggest one actually is, ironically, introversion. Uh, This large-scale study was done in 2019. I think it's probably changed now. But remember, remote work has been so new for so many different people. Pre-pandemic, in February of 2020, 4% of the U.S. workforce was working remotely. And by March, that number had risen to 45% of the U.S. workforce. So it's a complete shift. And no one really, I mean, an exponential shift by definition of where remote work is. And before the pandemic, introverted individuals had the highest level of success inside of remote work because they didn't necessarily need that social network to be able to be connected to. But there's also fantastic ways of getting that type of social interaction. You can go to co-working spaces. I like to go to coffee shops. Uh, Those are my favorite spots. I usually on a Friday or a Thursday, I'll just kind of, especially if it's a complete async day for me, I'll go to a coffee shop and just kind of grind out some work there and put in my AirPods. And even just having those people around me gives me the energy that I need to be able to be successful in my work. Just because someone is working from home, I have a product manager as an example that lives in Ottawa and I maybe see him twice a year, even though he's actually the closest person to me in terms of physical space, because he just doesn't really want to interact with me in that context. He'd rather interact with me asynchronously. 
continuously. So it's really just trying to figure out where people's happy places are. And the studies and the data that have come back have shown that asynchronous management is the best management methodology to actually build a remote company. Yeah. And you said coffee shops there. I used to love working from when I lived overseas, I was working for a company in Australia. So I was doing asynchronous work without really realizing I was doing it, but we would check in once a week just for one hour as a call to go over things. But otherwise I was working from galleries or museums because they were free and I would go to a cafe there, walk around and just break up my day. Mainly wanted to avoid taking public transit at peak times, all of those things that can be benefits whenever you are working remotely. Just to go back to your synchronous and asynchronous points, based on a full disclosure, I was at the conference in Montreal. I I spoke at it and I heard some of the talks and a lot of the topics were talking about this sync versus async. And if you could just summarize some of the, the highlights maybe or the future trends that you see coming out over the coming year or so that people could get a bit of a heads up for either with running their own businesses or looking for a remote job. Sure. So I think the major trends that are probably going to roll down the pipe within the next 12 to 36 months is asynchronous management becoming the operating system for remote companies. And up until right now, it's really been remote at gunpoint. So as we move from pandemic to post-pandemic endemic stage, um, like my daughter, as an example, someone at daycare ended up getting COVID and you know we're, we've been shut down for two days. So it's still there, but I think we're, we're moving ourselves out of it. You're going to see as we move from voluntary remote work, what I like to call premeditated remote work, remote work that is a choice, you're going to start to see a lot of interesting trends kind of crystallize around process documentation, the metrics that people measure in order to be able to identify success, and then the way that people communicate. Those are actually the three major things, which is deliberate over communication, democratized workflows, and detailed metrics. So inside of asynchronous organizations, it's important to not just communicate the information, but make the information impossible to misunderstand. So I will very clearly spend an extra five minutes being very clear in an email to someone that works inside of the organization, aligning all of the things that I need to discuss with that particular person, because there is no follow-up call, right? There's not meant to be. If you are doing a follow-up call, then the instructions that you've put down are incorrect. The next one is democratized workflows, which I mean, old school version of this is basically process documentation. Inside of asynchronous organizations, the actual platform is the manager, not necessarily the individual worker or the individual manager. One of the interesting phenomenons that we found when we were studying asynchronous organizations is that they have on average a EMPS, which is Employee Net Promoter Score, basically a way of measuring how happy employees are in their organization. The industry standard is 36 inside of companies and the average asynchronous organization scored a 70. Uh, I just checked ours. We're a 76 right now. So we're almost double what the average happiness uh, level of synchronous organizations are. And the two big reasons is autonomy and then also radical transparency, which leads to the last point, detailed metrics. So inside of our organization, we also discovered when we were researching for this book that the average managerial layer of an asynchronous organization is 50% thinner than its on-premise counterparts. So there are less people managing people doing hard things inside of that organization. There are more people actually doing hard work than just managing people doing hard work. And so this creates an interesting phenomenon in the way that they do that is they document all of the metrics that need to be accomplished inside of the organization. And then those metrics are automatically communicated inside of the organization, meaning how many trials do I get to my website? As an example, that number is 
automated and self-reported inside of the platform. And more importantly, everyone in the company has access to those metrics. So you're effectively trying to provide an environment where everyone has the same informational advantage as the CEO of the company. And when you create that, and again, it's very difficult for a lot of companies to be able to overcome this, but if you get to that point, then the company, the employees inside of those organizations absolutely completely trust you and love you because they feel trusted in all of the information they've gained inside of the organization. And they can actually make much more effective decisions because they have all of that information in front of them. So when I think about where we're going to go over the next 36 months, it's really going to be much more democratized in terms of how employees get information, how they report that information back to the organization that employs them. And I think the reality is that we're going to see a compression in the middle management industry that is probably not very good news for most middle managers, but I think is a net gain because they'll actually be able to work on difficult problems instead of managing people. Thanks again to Liam for speaking with me about different remote work environments, trends, and the mindset shifts for leading remote teams. The next episode will feature the final part of our conversation where we'll talk about advice for parents seeking to transition to remote-friendly companies and how the early days of life with a newborn have impacted his outlook on parenthood. Check out his work at runningremotebook.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. Connect with me online and access your parent-friendly entrepreneurship, flexible and remote work resources at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.